0: Seems golden bleak, and you just can't take any more. Here it comes,
1: that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. this a hopeless so but there and we'll hit the road. It's a hopeless show, but there we'll
0: hit the And welcome to episode. 83 of the hopeless show i am your co-host rohit this is the other co-host aaron and we're here yo we're here to bring you some hope um so yeah aaron it's i know last time in our most recent episode we kind of started on a tangent we didn't go off on a tangent the recording started on a tangent we're going to be a little bit more orderly this time around We've got a pretty uh, jam-packed show for you coming up today. Um, We're gonna be talking about everything from Disney to an assassination, to hangovers, an update on some sports with the Orioles. Um, And then we're gonna talk about, uh, do some rapid fire, good and bads. Um, We'll even talk about Elvis and the Minions and The Shining and Hopeless TV. And you're gonna get a little bit of hope in 60, it's back. Um, but overall we have a great show, power packed for you, and today's theme, Aaron, is reacting
1: with logic and not emotion.
0: Something So can I just start? Yes. I have
1: I like that and I just realized something. What do you got? Why why don't why is our section we've done this show for a long time now, and why is it called Hope in Sixty and not Hope in Sixty Nine? Huh. Because that's logical, especially with this show, and we made a big deal out about episode 69. Why did we not think of that?
0: Well, I think there's a couple reasons, Aaron. Um, one, we're not that smart.
1: <laughs> yep. Two. Valid, valid.
0: That, um, you know, we already have a great Hope in 60 Seconds. It goes, Hope in 60 Seconds we jingle, do. recorded by uh, musician Dan Fogarty. And, you know, that would require a re-record. And, you know, I should get Dan back in the studio, um, you know. Yeah, he's busy. He's busy, but, he, but Dan has uh, written all the music that we use in the show. So big shouts, Dan.
1: Big shout out to Dan. And he even said he has some new jingles coming, which is exciting. Yeah, so I,
0: heard you, I heard that you were negotiating with him.
1: Recently. I was negotiating. I was negotiating for more jingles. Well, he already, I guess he, uh, he also enjoys the show, so he wants to, he has other ideas. So I'm, we our us listeners... Us listeners. <laughs> yeah, us listeners. Like, again, what Rohit said, we are not very smart. I just referred to myself as a listener. I mean, um, he, if we, he were... said he, uh, I w- yeah, you talk. I can't talk today.
0: No, I'm saying, it was, I was just trying to add on that if we were smart, we wouldn't have a podcast that would incriminate us with so many things that we say. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. Because yeah,
0: I know I have coworkers, employers you know friends that used to respect my opinion listening to this show um that i think every with every episode probably just sort of shake their head and you know ask themselves what went wrong with that guy's life um but here we are because if we didn't make bad decisions Aaron and i wouldn't be here to bring you a weekly dose of hope
1: no what would we have to talk about like i don't know we went we gave to charity then we went home, we made a dinner, and then we went to sleep. It's yeah, it's, it's not us. No, no. I mean, you we can... do give to charity. We can make dinner. Don't, don't get us wrong. But we have to do the other things, too.
0: We are the giants upon whose shoulders you may stand on.
1: <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and so speaking of giants, us two giants have a few things from the news, from the quarantine and the bomb shelter and just – it can we just also call it news from the hellhole that we live in
0: it's 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 a bit long but i'm sure we could workshop
1: it okay cool yeah because at this point
0: even though ukraine is still getting bombed and their people are dying it seems pop culture no longer cares about it um they've moved
1: on way Um, more bad things have happened also since then yes very true so can, uh, why, don't you, why don't you tell us some things that were going on during this uh, this last yeah, week? Yeah,
0: and I'm actually going to flip something in our agenda because this happened today on the day we're recording, um, but really sad news out of Japan. Uh, Shinzo Abe, uh, former prime minister of Japan, was assassinated with a by a 40-year-old man with a homemade gun uh, while he, Abe was giving a speech. Um, Shinzo, he was not only beloved by japanese people um but also people of taiwan because he had sworn to stand up to china that's right as they try to do the exact so china is to russia as taiwan is to ukraine yes. you know and china's already completed that with hong kong they've pretty much taken over um and have you know so hong kong's sadly over um taiwan's next um you so- know it
1: might be over as soon as this this show if you don't turn your mic ever so slightly away so it doesn't keep popping oh
0: shit i have a really sensitive mic it's a it's a nice directional road mic um but yeah i actually am seeing i didn't see the orange clipping light go on oh there it is there it is if i get closer yeah yeah, yeah.
1: anyway so but that that was called a uh, <laughs> uh a smooth tie-in with a sneeze. We we do it all here. So keep going. Yeah, we have a, we have an assassination that we're yeah. talking
0: about. So he is the first Japanese leader to be assassinated since uh, before World War II. So since the 1930s, uh, gun deaths are extremely rare in Japan. But the fact is that you know Shinzo Abe was just most recently seen during the Olympics opening ceremony wearing a Super Mario. Costume. Super Mario. Yeah. And he has a lot of you know. There's a lot of people that were. You know, really fond of him. And it's so, you know, rest in peace. It's a very sad, sad day for the international community. Um, sadly, there were, you know, many people in China and mainland that were celebrating this. Um, so that sucks. Um, but on to a lighter note, Aaron. Um, yeah, we went to Disney.
1: Yes. Oh, did we? So, Roet, what were your... You... Um, Hadn't been to Disney in a, a while. What, seven years. Seven years. What uh, What are your takeaways?
0: All right. My takeaways are this. is One, do not bring a beloved irreplaceable hat that can literally not be found anywhere. Do not bring that because you will lose it on Splash Mountain and never get it back. I've been trying. Um,
1: they still haven't returned. They, they haven't. Nothing.
0: Yeah. Um, number two, get there early like we did. And get the park hopper and go with really good friends that understand the layout, um, which I happen to do. Um, you know, yeah. Aaron is a great tour guide and number three, go back and forth between places. Don't have to, you don't have to feel like, Oh, we do the morning here in the afternoon, you know, in Canada land. And, um, and I think number five, are we in five? Um,
1: I don't know. You're like, you're like the president. It's like number one, I have three points. Number one, number two, number five, number seven, number C.
0: Um, So, you know, I do tend to forget some things. So, um, the, I would say it truly is the happiest place on earth. Even if you don't have kids, even like you just go with your friends and while out, um, you know, they sell beverages. At in the park on the Star Wars Land. Um so go to the Cantina and then you go to Canada Land right across the way. And Canada then,
1: Land is also a California adventure, but Roick calls it Canada yes, Land I for anyone to, who's a little confused.
0: Yes, I <laughs> refuse to acknowledge it as California Adventure because that's a very immemorable name and it's dumb and it's more like you are going to Canada when you go to Canada Land. So <laughs>
1: So go to Canada You're crossing the border Yeah (laughs) It's like
0: You gotta like Run and duck from Like border patrol And then like Climb fences Yeah it's pretty great Um, (laughs) Canada Land was great Because it's got like A lot of I think Grown up land Rides I'd never really spent Much time in there before Um, But you could spend An entire day there Um, So yes We spent a
1: We spent a lot of time there We spent 15 hours At Disney But And a lot of time at California adventure. Yes. I don't know what, I don't know. Like what's interesting about a day there is every day has its own flow. Mm -hmm. Every time you go to Disneyland, it has its own flow. It kind of take, takes on its own personality and our day took on its own personality. And it felt like we were always sort of at the right place at the right time. Even for, uh, uh, the end of the day with the fireworks and the parade
0: oh yeah it was it was honestly I think I've had two of my favorite days this year hanging with you one at a festival one at Disney
1: and those were amazing days. yeah those and were we both all day lost, literally both morning
0: till late at night Um, so both yeah both were 14 hour plus days um, so yeah do that that's my advice find Aaron and go to Disney with him all day
1: <laughs> and go with row it because it just it makes it really fun we <laughs> we just we did a bunch of silly things we did we definitely did a number of uh, the kid attractions the like for yeah. little kids attractions yeah. with just the two of us yep. and uh, it was fun
0: yeah and we probably
1: should have not talked as loud as we did with the horrible About things that we were saying certain um, subjects think of this show But in line at a children's (laughs) attraction at Disneyland.
0: Yes. After we might have had one or two. A couple beverages. Shirley Temples. Um, Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Two or three Shirley Temples. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of sugar. A lot of sugar. So that's the, that's what we did in the quarantine. now we have, and and I'll say this one last thing about Disney. If you are feeling hopeless in your life, And you have a little bit of money to spare. Go to Disneyland for a day and you'll at least be happy that day. Yup. That's about it. That's like, I don't know. Is that like some Tony Robbins shit right there?
0: It is. It is. Aaron, you're my new motivational
1: guru, life coach. Thank Um, you. Yeah. And so let's, but let's get into, let's get into some hopelessness. We really, yes, yes. we first really topic. do have a lot to cover.
0: First topic is actually, Aaron, something that everybody's really hopeful for, and I'm really hopeless about. And this is some major medical news, not COVID related, but out of Sweden. Um, Hakan Magnuson, CEO at Merkel, um has announced the first pre-drinking hangover pill to officially reach the market. It's gone through medical testing, and Aaron, what this does, is this is the pill you take an hour before you go out drinking. And the end result is that you are almost not at all hungover the next day. Um, and it reduces your blood alcohol by 50 to 70% after just one hour of drinking. Um, and I'd say that users that have all tested it, um, you know, during the medical testing, they've gone out crazy and they have a clear head the next morning because it's broken down all the alcohol in the body, um, and you can buy 30 capsules for 30 euro, uh, or 30 pounds actually in the UK, um, probably similar in the US, um, if, it's, if it's allowed here in the US. Um, all the ingredients I say are safe for consumption, and have approval for standard food agencies, um, and they can be ordered online. And on paper, before I get to the hopelessness, Aaron, how do you feel about this?
1: It's amazing. <laughs> this is the greatest thing ever to come to society. This is the best. This might be the best news of 2022. And you're about to say something bad. But I, yeah. oh, so far, this is the best thing to come out of 2020.
0: I'm going to, following our theme, react with logic and not emotion. Um, so, well, this, these are some of the logical arguments I want to make against this miracle pill. Which, by well, the way, is actually not bad for you. So that's not a thing. It's not going to hurt you medically or anything like that as far as we know. Yes. One, I think this will increase alcoholism rates. Um, Because when you have, you can just get smashed at night, wake up the next day and do it every night with with no repercussions. That is going to lead to more drinking because you don't have to pay the price. It's also going to lead to people possibly be drinking during the day, drinking the workplace, you know. And I, that's something I'm sensitive to because I have a friend in the past, you know, that was very much, you know, a full-blown alcoholic. So that is one thing that scares me. Another part is increase in drinking, without repercussions, means, I think you'll see a lot of young people do this, but like more dumb things happen, more drunk driving, more violence. Mm-hmm. Um, and thirdly,
1: I mean, no, I'll, let's just start with those two. What do you feel about that? So I disagree because still drinking makes you have all the things that go with drinking, it makes you buzz, then it makes you drunk, and so on. So all those repercussions, I don't think it'll change much because I I think it'll, so people who, go out and drink and drive will still be drunk and get pulled over for drinking and driving. Um people who like I don't I just don't see a change there. But, the the fact that you feel better the next day doesn't affect what you're doing that night.
0: But how many times have you decided to not go out and be like, "Oh my god, dude, I got I got to shoot early in the morning." Or um oh, Yeah, but a lot of that is I've also just I've gone out just 4 sleep. nights in a row. I
1: can't do this anymore. Like a, a lot of that is sleep related more than drinking related for me it's just we need a, a little we need a x amount of sleep and if you're if you're gonna go out and drink i just don't think it changes that much if you're we need sleep alcohol deprives you of sleep and um and gives you bad sleeps so even if the next day you don't feel bad you're still not gonna have any sleep if you just keep doing this every day and your body's still gonna shut down just because you feel okay the next day doesn't mean your body's not gonna disintegrate if you drink all the time right um it's just eliminating one thing so that when people enjoy a cocktail or two or three um the next day they go out to dinner they have a couple glasses of wine um you know they are gonna be okay the next day I, I just see this as a a net positive.
0: I mean, it's a net positive. I think in a short and short term gains. I mean, here's the thing. Part of the joy of drinking for me is I know I'm going to be paying a price in sense, but so like you know, like before before the storm comes, you know. For example, you know you got to get up in the early, up in the morning, and when you hit that snooze button, the sleep that you get, like you know, it's just right before the the alarm goes off again is the most magical thing because you know the pain is about to start so like that that experience that you have that sleep you just cherish it and it's so wonderful now <laughs> it's it's you know i same thing people that are really rich they lose the idea like value for money because they don't even care they said doesn't even do it for them anymore you know it's like it's like when you have so much of something you've such an abundance of something you it loses its joy and its pleasure and so i think that's another thing and for me personally I'm we've talked about this. I'm glutarded, I'm lactarded. And I shouldn't be having dairy or gluten. Um they both affect me. I think you know, they affect oh, both of us to different degrees. Um, but I still like there's pills I could take, lactate, to adjust for dairy, right? And to kind of help make that easier. I don't take lactate because dairy isn't good for me. And if I'm rootin' and tootin' later or my i I'm healed, <laughs> or I'm keeled over literally with tears coming down out of my eyes, down my cheek and in, in like the most painful pain. And I, I'm sure that you've probably been there too. Like, it feels like I've gotten shot in the stomach. Oh yeah. I, all the time. I, I know. And it's like, I can't have people talk to me. I'm sweating. I'm crying. I know that I've done that to myself and that's a lesson. And maybe it's because I went to Catholic school for 12 years. I, you know, this is something that's been ingrained into me is that one must pay for their sins well, as
1: your life coach, as your life coach now, I am going to give you the best advice you've ever gotten. Oh. And it's full of logic. Okay. I think this is a you thing, not an us thing. Are you not worried
0: about, like, people just drinking more because they don't have repercussions?
1: There are re- the, the thing is, there's tons of repercussions for drinking too much. You do stupid things. You make dumb calls. You can't drive. You uh, get into, like, there's, if you're going to be a dumb drunk, you're going to be a dumb drunk, whether in the morning you feel better or don't. And the people, uh, people I know who have seemed like, I mean, you don't know for sure they have alcohol problems. Or people I know who have had uh, alcohol problems in general and stopped. They didn't say it was just because I didn't feel well in the morning. They said it ruined their lives like it, it took it took control of all parts of their life. So this is helping the normal drinker. And the people who have problems and do really dumb things while drinking are still going to do the things, you but know, it helps you, the normal yeah. drinker, the right like a you or an I who enjoys drinks, but it's not like a like a everyday kind of thing. It's like a, when you're <laughs> when you're at Disneyland about to go on, it's a small world kind of thing
0: yeah and you know actually I think you just used my own arguments that I made for other things against me and I think I, you have me convinced I do believe in Darwinism I do believe in the fact that let people you know tie their own noose you know you're not gonna like and if people do as long as they don't drive drunk and hurt other people you know if they're gonna drink more that, that's on them but they're going to so, drink and
1: drive Other no matter what. If they feel good in the morning or they don't, they're yeah. going to drink and drive. I don't ever drink and drive. You don't ever drink and drive. No, so like, so. Uh, that won't change, but I would like to feel better after three glasses of wine than, uh, yeah. than not.
0: I mean, straight up, I get lit after two glasses. So it would be nice to like not fall asleep at the dinner table when I'm at the dinner before the main course comes out. So... <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah. so, so you were a powerhouse at Disneyland. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> um,
1: they have a winery at Disneyland, by the yeah. way. I, but that, that's
0: had, that's specific to wine.
1: That's um, wine, and I can't um, drink beers. So, well, I hope I gave you hope. You did is, actually.
0: You did. You gave me hope in the dose of what Rohit would say usually. So thank <laughs>
1: you for that. Look, some what is the phrase? A little piece of your own medicine. Ha ha ha! Boom yeah. boom. Hey. So let's uh, let's go with hope gong. So I have, in the debate section, I have an announcement to make, and I want to see if you still like me. So the debate is going to be whether I'm still a good person or not. Is it me or the audience or all of us? It's you. Okay. You oh. specifically. Oh, boy. Oh, God. The, the announcement I have to make is that I am, going to, I am going to be holding, as of next week, a small, public office in our city of Los Angeles. I will be a, the downtown Los Angeles, uh, film liaison commissioner. I will have a LA city email. I will be in charge of some stuff in downtown for with film LA in conjunction with film LA, which runs all the filming in Los Angeles. And I, uh, I gave a speech they approved it they elect they voted for me or whatever they do i don't i don't know the whole process but i was recommended to this position by someone i said yes i will run or whatever it, you know it's it this is very it's not a huge position or anything but i said i would run i gave a speech about it and i got a call that i was uh, the one picked and so wow. my uh, I know this is shocking news this is this is developing late breaking news in uh and uh it's not a full time position or anything D- like i'm gonna be doing what I do, but this is a part time thing and so my question to you in this debate is now that i am also you could say you could give me the title of being a politician kind of mm-hmm. sort of even in a small, small way, sort of the debate is do you, am I now your enemy?
0: <laughs> well, let let's, let's put what we know on the table here. Number one,
1: because I still think the debate. by the way, my answer is I still think I'm fantastic.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is, you're going to have to convince me um number one how dare you number two (laughs) you fucking traitor number three i'm actually really proud of you i'm very happy for you i don't know how i feel yet personally um you know for any new listeners of the show um you know aaron and all our existing listeners know i am a firm believer in apab all politicians are bastards um and And you hope they all die (laughs) yes generally yes (laughs) <laughs> so, and the good thing you know. is, at some point, they all will, because we all do <laughs> die. So, um, but now Aaron is one of them. Jesus Christ. Um, okay, help me feel better about this. I'm going to ask you some questions, because right now I'm on the other side of the fence. Despite you being one of my best friends, and I'm really happy for you, but number one, what is this role? Where you said you're representing downtown LA? Are there other representatives in different neighborhoods?
1: Some of it I can't talk about yet. So some of these questions I just have to say, I can't talk about yet. Okay.
0: So now you're already doing black ops stuff. You're going (laughs) against the taxpayers and not telling us what to believe. Okay. uh, Next question. Don't Um, I sound like
1: a politician? Yes.
0: Literally. That was the most politician answer. Jesus, man, this is, this debate's not going to end well for you. Okay. um, All right. So you can't even answer a question. Um, That's even about what you do, what our taxpayer money goes to. Okay. Next. Um, from what you can tell me, what would be your regular role? I can't discuss that yet. <laughs> okay. That's, um, in public, right.
1: I, can, I can tell you on the side.
0: Okay. But still, our listeners can't even know. Many of them from the LA
1: area, many of them in the I industry. can say this. I will be making the city a fairer place for both the filmmaker and for the citizen.
0: I see. I see. So that means you, how was that be for inter- a political stump speech? That, yeah, that was, that was some garbage, but Elaine, maybe you're, <laughs> I'm just going to guess things. Okay. Um, maybe you're interacting with SAG AFTRA, um, PGA. These are the producers guild. SAG is a screen actors guild. So I'm assuming if it's making it easier for filmmakers and Mickey's are the people, I'm assuming that it's that, or it's finding ways to create film outside of unions while well, still respecting unions. These are the things I'm just speculating and I'm building on the anti-Aaron platform. Um, <laughs> that, so apparently Aaron hates unions.
1: Um, Ready and, for the, de- now I get to rebuttal in the debate. Okay,
0: yes, yes. I've already stated only three out of the 96 things I'm upset about, but anyway, go ahead.
1: So in our city, and I've grown up in our city, then I left our city and came back. I grew up here. A lot of times the, the sets, the filmmakers, the studios, they take over areas where citizens live. They mm-hmm. get permits and they do it. I've done it, I've done that in LA. Sure. And that's great and good. Problem, sometimes those producers, filmmakers, even PAs on the streets run, like they get, they get power hungry, and they think they own the street. They think that street is theirs. They think that area is theirs. They think that shoot is theirs. They think because George Clooney is, uh, you know, has lunch, three tables from them, that they're better than the citizen. Uh-huh, and to me, uh-huh. that's bullshit. And that needs to stop. Okay. You just the, gained one negative point back. Okay. Thank you. And then yeah. the, on the other side, the citizens sometimes feel... It's their block, and because someone legally did something fairly, they, uh, that doesn't matter. They can still basic yell and ruin uh, shoot when someone is kindly asking them, can you wait here for a second? Or if you don't mind, can you cross over there? Or if you have to get this way, I understand, can I just tell uh, the first AD that, to just hold for a second so you can pass? Something like that. If it's an outdoor location and sometimes the citizen runs the power uh, runs like they're uh, they own all the power and they own because they own the street because they live in that area. And that's not fair either. And both of those things are big problems in this city. And both of them need to be regulated so that everyone gets a fair chance. But everyone also is held uh, accountable for their actions cuz no one is above either no one neither the film nor the citizen is above each other when everyone is do doing everything properly and if people aren't doing things properly that has to stop
0: i respect the hell out of that okay so what you're saying if i understand it correctly is that you're kind of kind of establish almost like a on location police that's going to shoot any pa or resident that's being obnoxious
1: During filming. Yes. I am. So I'm, I'm helping gun control.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) And then also helping, uh, some crime because there have been under underground payments made to different sets, to different locations, I really can't talk about more, say more than that. No, no. But, I,
0: okay. I, I understand. Why but this there's, that's also going, yes.
1: that also goes on in this city and that shouldn't be happening either. No one should be doing a little crime ring for their location.
0: Now, Aaron, um, this is a serious, it's, it's, you know, it's very serious question. Does it feel like you taking this role as a filmmaker yourself? Do you, are you afraid? Like, other filmmakers oh man this guy's gonna be a pain in my butt or do you feel like any of that or does it feel like okay this is something that because i guess it goes two ways right because i guess you know when you're on location yeah sure there's people like trying to like pull their dicks out while you're fucking rolling i've seen you know we've all seen some stuff um yeah and there's people that are always trying to get on the camera and do all that kind of stuff and it's it's it is obnoxious, and. Um, and there's also people that feel like sets are taking over, parking spots blocked, all this kind of stuff. And so I guess they're there so it's kind of like mediate that, I think that's actually a really good thing. It's and this is not a and this is this is not a problem you're gonna have in most of the places like for example that I've ever lived. Sure in New York we'd have stuff shut down all the time, but but I think what, what you're saying makes a lot of sense because oftentimes when you see those orange postings that are like, you know parking here, uh, from these dates coming up and blah 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 and all that. But like a lot of time you get excited you're like ooh what are they shooting because you see like the project code name right and everybody's trying to guess what that might be um, but other times people are like oh cool they're shooting on my block um, but even the that,
1: thing, yes, that these are these are things that I think can be altered a little bit yeah um, I think those signs can be happier like like here are some of the rules and we are really excited to be using your locate your your area this is uh and
0: yeah, and like, not everyone le- actually even uses the same database to when they're putting the uh, shooting, like the on-location announcements. Right? There's different areas that you have to look and, yep. some, you know. So, I think great. So, all right. Well, here is how we're gonna. End there's up other debate. pieces
1: to this too, but I'm just I'm gonna keep it simple.
0: The debate was that you don't believe that you're a piece of shit for taking a public office role. Yeah. And generally, I would disagree with that because you have the said the all.
1: All politicians or people who have any role in public office should die. And, um, and I have said there's a gray area and there are many good people just trying to do good things. And there are some bad ones. Yeah. And you have been pretty adamant that they're all terrible. So <laughs> I am telling you now that you're talking to me about it as yeah, one so of here's them. The
0: thing. Here's what I will say. From what I know about you just having known you for a long time you and I are both individually terrible, but I think <laughs> you have not been made more terrible by taking public office. Because I mean, the bar was low already. Low. Um, low, So I don't think that you've sunk lower. Um, and I think that being that you're actually trying to do something that is going to make both citizens and filmmakers and their crew and everybody happier, I actually think that's a nice thing. And if there's anything, LA's been losing a lot of sort of, a lot of shoots to Georgia, Montreal, you know, other places. Well, Georgia
1: lost all their shoots, but they had them for a while. They lost them yeah. because of, uh, of, uh. But they're uh, back
0: though, aren't they? Like, isn't mm, like for the most There's part, other places.
1: There are places that are giving, giving even bigger. And we don't, we don't need to dive into that stuff. That's yes, yeah, the deeper yeah. stuff of this. But, yeah,
0: exactly. But so, but I think whatever we can do to make LA more hospitable for the film industry uh, cause it's taken some hits. Um, I support, it helps your career kind
1: of indirectly helps
0: mine. Uh, cause we shoot, yeah. we shoot a lot here. We shoot a lot locally. So, um, Think of it yeah.
1: this way too. Cause you also have said in no, not too many, in not these exact words that look, the world revolves around us. Everyone else doesn't matter as much. And yes. except our listeners sylopsism. too. Solopsism. Yes. Now this indirectly helps you. You have an in, you have an in. Yes, yes. Do you like that? Do you like having an in? I appreciate that.
0: So I can now drop your name when it comes to, yes. Okay, well, Aaron, I think that in this debate, we're gonna go to the side of maybe it is okay to hold public office and still maintain shreds of your humanity, uh, or possible, so, um, and it's possible. So, yes. Congratulations, you still have your humanity hanging on by a thread. I'm very happy for your accomplishments. It is well-earned um, and you've been an establishment in this city and in the industry for so long. And now I'm happy that you get to protect it.
1: So Thank you. And I just want to end this debate by saying that I am starting a super PAC and we are going to be accepting donations from all our listeners because my next plot is to raise, to go to a next level of office from this level of office. So we are accepting all donations and I am well, the bigger the donation, the more I will change my point of view.
0: Yes, Aaron Wolferson You are becoming a real politician. Yay! Growing
1: up Yay. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. That was all false. Uh, um, anyway, so that's it. That's the big announcement. Thank you, Rohit, for, uh, for letting me win that debate.
0: <laughs>
1: Yay. Yeah, you deserved it.
0: Um, yeah, should we talk sports, Aaron?
1: Let's talk sports. And also, wait, the last thing to tie it into our theme is I have always said, we've said on this show for for decades, we've been doing this show for decades, for centuries, and I have always said on this show that logic should prevail. Logic is the theme today, and logic should prevail. And when someone holds a public office of any sort or is deciding what decisions they should make about who they're gonna vote for or who they support for public office, use logic, not one side or another, just use your own logic. And I'm going to be using logic when I'm dealing with this stuff. Logic, yeah, logic, and that's logic. That's how we
0: got there. So I went from almost uh, casting you out and exiling you from our friendship. To <laughs> yeah. To growing acceptance.
1: I saw you can't see his eyes, listeners, but I mean there was rage. <laughs> there was rage in those Rohit eyes.
0: Yeah, he was not thrilled.
1: But um, let's let's yeah let. Thank you for listening and uh, Wolf 2028. So sports update.
0: Yeah, so we got two interesting updates. For any of you baseball fans out there, um, there was a pretty scary incident that happened in the San Diego Padres game last night. Very. Where uh, and Profar, uh, leadoff hitter for the Padres, collided with a teammate. um, Abrams. Yeah, CJ Abrams, who's a rookie on the team. And that shit was ugly. Uh, and Profar is going to be missing some time Um, you know, with an injury, but also with a concussion.
1: A lot of time. If you didn't see it, look it up. It's like he gets up and then he just passes out on the, in the middle of the field from a knee to the face.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's really unfortunate, really scary, really sad. Um, And so sadly, because I'm a terrible person, the first thing after I thought, I hope he's Okay was like, boy, I wonder if this is when the Padres call up Astori Ruiz. Um, for those listeners at home, he's probably not available in your fantasy baseball leagues anymore. But even if you don't care about fantasy baseball, um, Astoria Ruiz, Aaron, is potentially the next Ricky Henderson.
1: Oh, I have him in my other league, yes. I'm
0: very happy you do. And I've got him in both my leagues. I've been holding him for two months now. Um, and so in the first two months of this year, in the first 49 games, when he was in, uh, you know, in the lower minors, he hit for a three forty-four batting average, a 1.085 OPS, and stole 37 bases. After those, after those 49 games, he was then called up to Triple A. Um, for those not baseball fans, that's the highest level of minor league baseball before you make it to the majors. And he has, um, let's see, Put up 20 to oh, I just had the stats and I lost it. Uh, crap. But anyway, he's got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of homer runs, a lot of stolen bases. Um, And he is looking like one of the most exciting, uh I would say, young players we've seen in the minors this season and in a while. So um, what
1: happened? What? How does this relate to So Rui, Padres to now have uh, an open the spot concussion. on their roster. Oh, okay. So...
0: He's not currently on the forty man, but they just uh, dropped. They released a guy uh, to make it thirty nine spots, and they need a guy to call up for the for the for the forty man roster. So there's a chance it could be a Story Ruiz, um, and so that, the hope I wanted to bring, Aaron, is that fingers crossed, this could be the moment where we get to see this phenom take a swing at the majors.
1: I'll say this to give you hope. I think if it's not now, he will be called up by say August. Um I know like, he kinda came out of nowhere. Last year he wasn't as nearly like this and he so he wasn't as high on their totem pole. He's outperformed everyone. And I think they're just giving him as much time as possible before calling him up. But my guess is after the all star break sometime. I think I think that we might get onto something. Is, when, is he's not now, they wouldn't do it yet because let him play uh as much as possible leading up before the all-star game. And then there's a break and all that stuff. So yeah, just let I mean, the guy keep getting reps. And then probably I would guess by end of July, early August, he's uh, on the Padres
0: fingers crossed. I mean, they, yeah. once when, rosters expand, but also they have, they have to call him up. I think, um, or they have to do something contractually with them. Otherwise he has to get, um, he'll be eligible for the rule five draft, which means other teams can try and get him.
1: Oh, they won't do that. Yeah. there's not a chance so,
0: okay, so I found his stats for the season he's batting 340 in 276 at bats he's batting 341 13 home runs 46 RBIs right and we're just halfway through the season 57 stolen bases in how many games? Uh, this is in 276 at bats so I think this is in I don't know how many games that is um, but that's pretty good we can
1: do the math carry the one it's probably about 65 games yeah
0: like that's kind of ridiculous if he stays in the minors, even if he gets called up in August, there's a chance. No, probably not 100. But if he stays plays the whole season in minors, there's, he'll he'll hit 100 stolen bases this year. Um, in the minor
1: league season. And, all right, he's coming up. There we go. Yeah. There is hope. I'm going to gong it. He is yes. definitely coming up within the next month.
0: Yep. And now the other sports hope. And, Aaron, I got to say, I got to give it to you. You are right again. The Orioles are now tied with the Seattle Mariners. And the Detroit Tigers, two not great teams, but two also you know, teams trying to figure things out. They both uh, thought
1: they were going to contend this year.
0: Yeah, true, true. And both te- all three teams have a five-game winning streak. Um, and the Orioles are now five games out of the last wild card spot, which is currently being held by the Rays, Red Sox, and Blue Jays, the first of those three wild card spots. Um, so we'd have four out of five AL East teams making the playoffs this year. Um, but, and right now there are... 11 teams in baseball that are worse than the Orioles. Which so I'm going to,
1: wh- yeah. besides me being right, because I told you that this would happen. Uh-huh. Um, how does it feel to, I'm guessing now you're following the Orioles a bit closer than you were a month or two ago. How does it feel? Uh, yeah. It how does it feel? still feels like
0: I shouldn't get my hopes up. Like- but
1: how does it feel to have a team that is full of good young, likable talent that obviously is uh going somewhere. And that it's just a fact. Like this team is has good talent and will do if it's not this year, it's next year. Like they're gonna they're gonna go for it in these next couple of years. They're gonna push to uh to I mean, make m- to my
0: levels of expectation i temper because i've been hurt before i've been hurt so many times i do love we you know we've got a guy named Gunnar henderson in the minors that he's like you know right now one of the top you know most elite prospects and i think that we do it's exciting one of my concerns actually is funny is that the orioles ever doing it all and then people will then accuse me of being a front runner like why do you like the orioles and then i'm like i swear to god i've liked them for so long so just having to deal with that is you just is bought
1: another jersey
0: I just I did just buy another jersey and it's beautiful. It's a 1988
1: Cal Ripken orange uh, jersey. It's great. Um, so I think you should just feel hope. Like this is a team that is overperforming this year, as I think I told you they would, and uh, they're in it. They're five games out. Like they could make a wild card spot. It would be very hard because just I don't think they're quite there yet to actually make it to the playoffs. But they're gonna. They could give it a run. And, uh, and I'm guessing more seats are going to be filled at Camden Yards because they have a fun team finally. Yep.
0: Uh, I think, I think that, that's the case. And you know what? Let's go O's. And if anything, it's good to have a team that's still watchable
1: after the All-Star break. Yes. And to tie it into our theme of the day, logic. Yeah. You were going based on emotion. Yes, with, I was. Uh, feeling hurt before, like, a, like an old girlfriend like who you try to get back with. You were feeling hurt by life experience with the Orioles. I was coming from a logic point of view of knowing that there was talent on this team and they had enough players to do something good uh, in the coming couple years. And so always go with logic, everyone. Emotions well, are see. meant to be suppressed.
0: Yes. And sports is about emotion because it's like, you know, it overtakes logic and sometimes too much, but thank you, Aaron, for the, for the check, the logic check, the LC. Yes. Let's move as we get into the, to the back half of our show, Aaron, uh, I think you got some rapid fire items you wanted to talk about.
1: I do because I believe I've said this a lot on this show. I believe people are all or nothing too much in our country, in our society it's we live in this all or nothing world. Whether it's our country is all is going to hell, you know, everything is going to shit in our country, right? Or I am all right, uh, Republican. I hate everything on the left. I hate California. Or I'm all left. I hate everything on, on the right. I hate everything in Florida or where, Texas, whatever. Um, we're all or nothing. And I believe logic comes into play so much with this, but it also makes me feel incredibly hopeless because I have conversations about topics all the time and people, it's like you have to be just one way or just another and there's so much going on now where that exists and it truly, truly makes me feel hopeless and I'm just gonna give a few. And then tell me how to feel hope because I just hate this black and white thinking that we constantly do in our society and and it's gotten... Way worse over the last number of years. So number one, um, Roe v Wade. Okay. everybody was incredibly upset, rightfully show rightfully show and so that Roe v. Wade got overturned. Now today, the president did an executive order where everyone is going to be have access to all uh, all of the women's rights, needs that roe v wade gave because he put it in as an executive order that is getting a fraction of the attention as the supreme court roe v wade thing and i am very very pro women's rights incredibly pro women's rights i'm also pro logic here and Logic says as angry as you are for the Roe v. Wade thing with the Supreme Court is exactly as happy you should be when the president of the United States does an executive order to stop that so that everyone does have rights. And uh, I, so yeah, that one, there's one. Number two, New York City and masks. They're saying they're at a level whatever again and everyone needs to wear masks inside. Again, it's so black and white. With this mask thinking, um, I've worn masks. I've done it. It's proven actually to not really make that big a difference. People who are gonna wear them wear them. Who people who are not are not. And uh, to put in a mandate only pisses people off. And so either it divides people. Let's say I'll say that it makes people go into you're for masks or you're against masks. I don't agree with it anymore. I think that it should be a personal decision of what you do or don't decide to do with a mask. We don't yeah. need to be, we don't this need this to be politicized anymore. It's number two. Number three, letter three, letter B, number B. These uh, hearings that are going on with the, the Trump stuff. It is okay, Republicans and Democrats, to listen to all this stuff and to listen to what's going on and not think you already know everything. To listen with open ears, to not just say it's all liberal bias or it's, like, just listen and ju- and make your own conclusions. But we don't do that. It's either one way or another way. Make your own conclusions with that. And the final thing is, uh, guns and Japan. Today, the uh, Abe getting assassinated is awful, awful. It also brought to light something to me that I think. everyone in this country should listen to Japan last year had, you know, the answer. So I can't have you guess, but audience guess how many gun related deaths Japan had total gun related deaths. Japan had last year. One, two, three. The answer is four, four total less people died in Japan, which has, I don't know, a hundred million people, something like that. A lot of people, um, more people died in Illinois at a July 4th parade than died in all of Japan from guns in last year. Something needs to change in this country. And whether you're pro-gun or against gun or in the middle with it, acknowledge that something needs to change because that, is, that stat is just absurd. And we are the country that made Japan who they currently are. After World War II, we're the ones who rebuilt them. So how are they doing better than us on so many things, including this? Um, It's a gray area, think gray, don't be so black and white. It doesn't have to be just left or right, but it makes me hopeless that we're stuck in this abyss of it. Help.
0: I would say the average person doesn't have time for nuance. It's unfortunate. They don't have time to consider that, what we, the quote unquote, the other side isn't just the bad guys and they're the good guys and you don't need to think further on it. It's a very, it's, it, it's, it's definitely, they think either in terms of left or right, good or bad, um, fascist versus freedom. And there's, you're right, so much more of this is gray. There is, I think the first thing people need to do is know that there is no such thing as impartial news media. There's no such thing as impartial politicians. There's no such thing as impartial people. Human beings are not objective. They have preferences. They have fears. They have motivations. They have mega donors. And
1: <laughs> Donate. So, Wolf. Um, super pack.
0: The I think the first thing that with all of these issues is where people feel that they are infallible. They are righteous they're on the right side of history ends justify the means and that's what happens when you take away women's rights because you feel hey the ends doing something to protect you know what is very debatable in terms of life or not to protect that and base and when you're forming by religion you're protecting that 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 is your ends by taking away the lives of women the livelihoods of many women Mm -hmm. is when also many of these politicians have literally had their own mistresses, um, have performed abortions. Um, they think that, Oh, it's, it's, it's the ends justify the means. Yeah. Or the fact that you can call every single person from one political party, whether they vote in one direction, because oh, it might be economics. Isn't that, you know, call them evil, racist, horror, like, you know, like that's also not productive, nor is it true. The, 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 gre- the truth is in the gray. Um, and I think all the issues you mentioned have been so black or white. Yeah. um, Down to even gun rights. And Where's my hope, though? I think the hope we can find is on Twitter and the news. (laughs) Once we've established that the news has lost, uh, you know, they've become the enemy of the people over the past 10 years, and that's gone hand-in-hand with Twitter. Um, Mm. The news has tried to dictate the national mood, and the news has turned people on each other in order to get views. Donald Trump is the reason he was elected. He was elected because of the news media, they loved all the polls. They, they, they got him elected in every which way, and I think more and more people are starting to see the news as the enemy of the people, and once they do, and they start to see that what they see as headlines or on Twitter is only partial truths, and once you stop trusting other people that are absolutely not impartial. I'd rather listen to a liar that's an, that admits to being a liar than a liar that pretends to be truthful. And that's the news media. Um, And so they, I think more and more people realize the news is just trash um, and only partial truths. So once we get there, Aaron, I think the hope is you'll see that all these topics that you had just mentioned, they are, um, you'll find that the truth was somewhere in between. And I think more and people are starting to read between the lines and read between the articles. And hopefully uh, find logic. Yes. Logic because in your logic thought process. logic is not on the side of what the news reports.
1: No. So everyone, I guess there's some hope within that, that everyone find logic and uh, pray. Just pray.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: And. Well. Yeah. I feel a little bit of hope there. I still feel pretty hopeless, but
0: yeah, that was quite a nihilistic retort on my end. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But this is called
1: the hopeless show because sometimes it's just hopeless, but, uh, (laughs) well, let's move on to hopeless TV. Yes.
0: Um, hopeless TV, Aaron. Um, i have seen two movies in five days and I'm about to see my third today. I'm going to see Thor, um, this afternoon with Lady Thor, played by Natalie Portman. Um, oh, yeah, I heard
1: she's the best part.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's awesome. Um, I've had a crush on her for a
1: very long time. Um, Shout out to Liam. Anyway, inside joke.
0: <laughs> um, so, uh, but I want to talk about two movies recently I saw. Um, Elvis. Uh, I think you and I had talked about this uh, recently off air. Um, but have you had a chance to watch it yet? I have. You have. Okay, great. Uh, I would love... Wait, did you watch it when we talked? No. Okay. I would love your opinion.
1: I thought that the movie, the first about hour, was like, uh, you're not quite getting there. Like, it's a lot of... Boz Lurman, the director, who's done a lot of these camera moving, you go into a thing, you go push through a window, and you're swirling around, and showy he's done like moulin rouge strictly ballroom great gatsby lots of movies like that so at romeo and juliet so the the first hour i was getting a little frustrated with it and then it turned for me and i just i realized oh wow the movie's over and i was enamored and i learned so much about elvis that i didn't know and so it really like took about a little bit of halfway and i ended up liking it after at first being like oh what is this
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm i think yeah i think the first act is it starts off so you're right it's bosom being bosom like oh my god when is the movie part going to start and i did like seeing like the the childhood elvis yeah, that was um, cool actually, yeah i thought the childhood was actually pretty cool
1: no spoilers and here but yes you do learn about childhood. yes elvis. the
0: spoiler is that elvis was a child at one point
1: and he dies
0: Yes, but later in life, not as a child.
1: No. Um, so, yeah, anyway, what what are your thoughts? So what, what made you feel hopeless about the film?
0: I think what made me feel hopeless, I was very scared that this was going to be just like Bohemian Rhapsody, which is arguably one of the worst movies I've seen in years. And um, it was a trash film um, because that was just them, the director reading a Wikipedia entry and writing really shitty dialogue and then having all the actors be overly dramatic with it. So, um, but what I really appreciated was the way Bosleyman landed the plane. That it ended strong with that third act. I'm not going to talk about the final scene that rolls into the credits, but I had I was like welling up. I was like, wow.
1: Yeah, it gets um, it really does get. It's I'm just like, all of a sudden you're like, wait, I want more of this. How did this exactly. all of a sudden end?
0: And it seems like all the disparate parts that seemed like well, how are the, any of these things related? They all came together. You zoomed out in a beautiful tapestry of a spider web, and I was like, whoa. Um, so I thought that was actually masterful um it's speaking of masterful um wore my yellow shirt blue jeans and met up with uh, some friends last night
1: oh Um, did you go see the film uh the new grew
0: yes yes um the new minions film uh we watched it last night and it was very silly um, we got dressed up and there actually were people dressed up as gentle minions. I'm not really? sure really following that. Yeah. You know, it's a bunch of, you know, people wearing suits, like in a massive like amount of people wearing suits and briefcases, sometimes filled with bananas um, and just coming into, you know, dressed up as gentle minions. So people on
1: a like random weekday were dressed as minions to go see this. Yes. yes. OK,
0: it was great. Uh, but these, but the gentle minions are just dressed in black
1: suits, like they're okay. not dressed up as minions. We were dressed up like minions. Were people like cheering and stuff and like clapping? Oh yeah!
0: And it's the funny thing is, there was like you know people in their forties or late thirties like cracking up, and there was also like a six-year-old sitting next to us. So it's like yay! <laughs> <laughs> and we we're all laughing at the same jokes, and I gotta say that's my takeaway. While uh, Minions: The Rise of Gru um, uh, might not be as I, I, I wouldn't put it on like the same level as Dune. Um, I would say that the minions arise of grew was something that it's really rare to be able to watch a movie at our cognitive level and also at a six year olds cognitive level. And we're all just like <laughs> like throughout and it's funny and like it's, it's cool to be able to have a shared experience with people that have that are so young that haven't seen shit that don't understand. You know, like sixty jokes, four twenty jokes that wouldn't be in this movie. But that it's like it's like good, clean humor with lots of good references.
1: I'm glad you. That's good to know. I'm glad you. I was not planning on seeing it, but now I might.
0: Yeah, it's like it's it's not the funniest of the minions, but it's still really funny and it's really silly. It's like pretty fucking stupid, in a good way. You're just <laughs> like, this is dumb. This is funny. Like this is really dumb and funny. Oh,
1: but then you so, watch it.
0: Yeah. yeah. And Steve. Um, Steve All right. Well, that's hope. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, he's funny. He's a he's a good he's good at the funny thing. Yes. Um, funny's good. And and then I guess I just have one hopeless TV, and this is going into like the inner insecurities of my soul. Um, I am about halfway through watching the film The Shining with Jack oh. Nicholson and Stanley Kubrick, and I've never seen it. And what? Exactly. You just made my inner feelings and workings feel terrible. So I've actually never seen the film The Shining. I know all about it and stuff, but I've never seen it. And I decided, wow, I haven't seen it. I need to watch this. The problem I've had, and I'm halfway through, I'm going to finish it this weekend, is, uh, and I like it, I, I'm, I so far like it, is that... Um, Every time, every person I've told, hey, what, what are you, like? What did you watch like yesterday? Uh, I'm like, oh, well, this week I watched the first half of The Shining. And they react like you. Like, like I'm a pretty awful person and really terrible. Like how dare I even be in film business? And I haven't seen The Shining. I've had many reactions already that are just – they really immediately judge me as a terrible individual. And so my insecurity complex is massive right now because I'm watching this film and feeling really low about myself. So can you give me hope? And you just made me feel worse also, thank you.
0: Jesus. You know what's crazy? I watched The Shining when with my dad when I was like five That's who's good. younger than you and I are now. So at that point, my dad had not already seen it. Like <laughs> he was, I you, he he was five, you
1: were four. five, and he was 12.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, he had me young. Um, no, my dad had me when he was 30. Um, and um, it's one of my favorite movies of all time, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but I just think the. It, I honestly think that that movie from a cinematography perspective is amazing. Those sweeping shots. Like I think he was Wes Anderson before Wes Anderson in many of the ways he centered, you know, Stanley Kubrick centered things, the way that he showed those. Well, long it's a lot, shots. Hitch- be, a lot of Hitchcock. I'll be spoiler Hitchcock. It's basically, yes. it's
1: him make so far. I'm halfway through. It's him making a Hitchcock movie. It's him saying, here's my homage to Hitchcock.
0: Yes, that is true. That is true. But I, th- I think to me as a child, even then as I, Scary as it was when you're a kid. It's not that scary when you're dull adult anymore. But as scary as it was when you're a kid, you're just like, this movie's so cool and it's so interesting. And I remember every time I rewatch it, every scene is so visceral. And every scene, it, it, it feels you're making, like. You're
1: making me feel worse and worse about myself. It
0: is. But Aaron, I'm actually jealous for you because now, oh, as someone okay. that's fully sentient and that's seen a lot of movies, I've made a lot of movies. You can truly now, with clear eyes, watch the greatest horror movie of all time. Like and watch the masterpiece and take it in at your intellectual level. You just—I'm yeah, hope gonging it. You just it'll, gave me hope. It'll still hold up, and you'll probably even recognize how, how much it's influenced
1: everything. Your jealousy is my hope. Yes. Thank you.
0: Now I'm gonna watch it again. Now um, it's on it HBO Max. When things free up. Yeah, it's. I'll have it on DVD. I also have it on Blu-ray. I have oh, it, I have. I have also. Physically. I also
1: have it on Blu-ray, and have still never seen it. <laughs> Don't ask me even, why, dude. Even the music, the boom, oh, yeah. Boom. I've, oh, I've even used the music as temp score for things I've made.
0: <laughs> oh my god! All right, well, it's about time, and yeah, it is an all-timer.
1: Well. And speaking of all timers, are you ready for, to end our show with a couple of bangers? Let's do this. So first guess the BTS, our favorite K-pop band. They, uh, when we started this show, they're a favorite band. We just never didn't know their music. We know a little bit more. They've gotten way bigger, mainly because of us. That's the summary. Today is a huge day for them. Do you know what today is? Oh
0: God. Is it Korean independence day?
1: Good guess, good guess. No, completely wrong. Oh, yeah, it's called Guess the BTS because Rohit tries to guess what is going on with BTS. So you are wrong, per usual, with this segment. The big news is something that we are members of, we are big members of, the BTS army, the fans of BTS, it is their anniversary. Today is the 10th, whatever it is, 7th. I don't know the number. It's the anniversary of the BTS Army, starting the fan group for BTS. And I just want to say to all the BTS fans who listen to our show religiously, simply for this segment, happy anniversary. Congrats to your fanship. Thank you for letting us in to be fans of the, of the group. And uh, it's a magnificent day.
0: It's congratulations. Happy birthday to the band that's no longer together.
1: To the fan um, group that is still together,
0: yes, yes, we will be here. You're all invited to our weddings. Um, <laughs> all the BTS army, it'll be amazing.
1: Um. So, congrats, and uh, yeah. I think Road's confused right now, but it's okay. And and then we have well, one.
0: The BTS army. I mean, if it's the birthday, we celebrate. We're all together. We're all family, which means we all get to go to
1: each other's weddings. We all get to do all
0: that stuff. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want to go to every BTS army member's yeah. fa- wedding. that <laughs> I mean, be great. with their age, we'll
0: probably be ninety when they're all getting married. But
1: dude, the BTS fans are of all ages. Yeah. they cross generate. They're like the Minions movie, but more
0: <laughs> BTS <laughs> army. has just a bunch of minions. Banana.
1: Exactly. So now we have hope in sixty seconds. We only have one today but it's a big one. Yes.
0: And you're ready. Let me know when you're ready.
1: I am ready. I feel really hopeless about TV and streaming in general, because streaming as it is, is a mess and you're spending more and more money on all these different streamers. And it's just like having cable, but worse. And in sun Valley, they're having the big, uh, the big summit, the Allen and co summit. Shout out to my buddy, Brian, all about how streaming is a mess right now. All these big CEOs are there. And then NFL, Roger Goodell just announced that in 2023, they're going to sell the rights so that NFL is going to be on some other streamer. Um, yep. So uh, give me hope, because I think this is all just a disaster.
0: Here's hope. The biggest hope you can get out of this is I pay $400 a month of DirecTV for the for the $400 a year to DirecTV for the privilege of having Sunday Ticket for three months or three and a half months. Um, then, um, or four months rather, uh, then... I still have to pay for my direct TV each on a monthly basis. I don't watch live TV for the most part. Um, all my shit is on streaming. I think nope. the hope is that personally Rohit will save money. Uh, <laughs> when this is on a streamer, um, cause he can cut the cord and I think the NFL thing it, yes, but on, on a more serious note, it is unfortunate because you have uh, a delay anytime you're streaming a game, sometimes 10 seconds, sometimes 30 seconds. You're behind the real thing. Different rooms, all this and that. When I'm on Direct TV. That's satellite. Boom. I'm like more live than anybody else that's watching. You know, on their other shit. So, I think that yes, the liveness of sports is going to suffer, um,
1: but the access you are not going to be open 60 seconds. I'm sorry. You are okay. not. You Here's, are the not hope. Here's the Here's the hope. There's no hope
0: with the NFL. With the NFL going to streaming. This means streamers will have to invest in their resources more and that they have a greater responsibility to have a better user experience. Okay. Okay. All right, and a little a better. A little better user experience and also when, if the NFL can go there um, and they can find a way to properly do that and compensate and make enough money for that, that should then open up avenues for the studios and all of them to be able to say, okay, cool, we'll stop treating our shit like a commodity Treat it for the value it is like you treat the NFL games. So maybe that's a chance. I don't want it to replace the theater, but a chance to supplement the theater and not cost films and their actors money because of bo- poor box office sales. So maybe it'll open up a new, new model because the reason the NFL tickets are so expensive is because teams get a cut and all that stuff. So um,
1: I'll give you some. There's some hope within there. Definitely not in 60 seconds. Yeah. And I don't feel very good about no,
0: it. No, no. But you, you gave me 12
1: seconds to respond. So. Okay. But I still don't feel hope. So, yeah, let's move on. Yes. It's a fan <laughs> mail. The fan mail. We have we have fans. They send us mail. Rowan, I'm gonna throw this to you. I'll read it. Dean from New York City. He just said wrote this. This was it. Sexuality doesn't have a place in grade schools. And I think he's maybe referring to like the Florida thing and Desantis, the the gay don't say gay and that stuff but uh what do you think of his statement
0: i mean it depends like what you mean by sexuality i think it's okay to acknowledge that a classmate or a teacher
1: or somebody is gay
0: or straight i think acknowledging is different than
1: what about the parents teaching acknowledging that like oh Johnny has two dads yeah
0: sure I think that's fine I think normalizing that stuff is good because they are normal people you want to normalize normal people um, and I think that's fine I mean sure I think there's, there's boundaries that can be placed like when I was a kid I didn't know if my teachers were married I didn't know anything about the personal lives also I, I wondered but I didn't really care right because I only cared about oh like the girls I had a crush in my class I cared about playing Magic the Gathering <laughs> um, you know like shit like that so I think a lot of this is overblown that, you know, there. I think there are certainly there's bad teachers, there's bad cops, there's bad fire department people, there's bad advertising people, there's bad directors, there's bad people in every profession because there's bad people and you can't use some people that might be abusing their position, which is so rare as a, as you can't use the exception to make a rule. Yeah. And You can't judge all teachers who are underpaid, underfunded, in terms of even just like what goes in the classroom, um, Have to put up with being not only more responsibility. Now teachers have to like, our parents are expecting the teachers to parent their kids. And when you do that, what the hell else do you expect? Sometimes the borders between kids' personal lives and and a teacher's personal lives, sometimes they clash or they come together rather when parents aren't doing the parenting at home. And they expect the teachers to do all that. So this, this has been brought up by shitty parents that, and I think I agree with, you know, with Dean, uh, from New York in the sense that no, probably first graders shouldn't be learning about like anal sex, which I don't think they necessarily are or vaginal sex or ear sex or whatever. Fuck like, you know, like first graders should be learning how to like fit a square block into a square hole (laughs) and how not to shit themselves like in their desk. Um, You're and I think like, you know, sex ed comes when sex ed comes, and kids are going to learn all the stuff before sex ed from their friends anyway and from the internet. So, Dean, it's it's you can't protect your kids everywhere, and this is the truth. Kids are going to learn about sexuality from their classmates before they learn about it from their teachers, and um, that's just the way the world is. But I do think we need to protect our teachers. We need to give them more resources, more money, and everything, so that you feel they are truly being. A, if we support them they'll support our kids more in the ways that we need
1: Amen B'Roch Hashem Hala. Hala. Yeah. I mean that's a good way to end it thank you Dean for your submission thank you Rohit for that poetic answer and uh, we're over time so we're going to uh, end this show by saying think logically logic always is the thing that's going to win out overall and mm-hmm. Uh, Suppress your emotions as a good therapist would say to you, suppress your emotions,
0: hide and bury
1: them, hide and bury them. Never use them.
0: Yeah. They're like, like emotions are like a seed. You plant them and you just forget about them for a while and then they'll grow into a tree and everybody loves (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah. It's like teardrops. (laughs) I think that's how it works. Teardrops don't show anyone that you have them, put them in a little jar, put them in your backyard. And then that'll grow into a nice flower.
0: Yeah. Or save them up, put them in a jar, and then dump them on the heads of your enemies. That
1: is, uh, I like that too. All right. Yeah. That's it. We're, we're done. You know where to yes, follow we're us. Done. All right. Yes. Till next time. Later. Yes.
0: At The Aaron Wolf and Vo Hit for Ro Hit with the number four and The Hopeless Show. Follow all three, friend us all, write us more notes like you continue to do, and we will catch you next week. Deuces. When the world seems golden bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that
1: glimmer of hope, a light shine through the on, It's a hopeless show, with every and Rowan It's a hopeless show.